What's up? This is The Word with G. And you're inside the podcast edition of the Daily Monologue, where we talk all things New York sports. I am your host, Greg Larnard, and we are going to get it going right now. So you sit back and listen, and I'll explain. We've got the New York Yankees, who took care of business last night. We'll touch on them Maybe something that I see as a glaring weakness in this team. We'll also touch on the New York Metropolitans. They got a nice come-from-behind victory last night, and it was basically a Jay Bruce-sponsored victory for the New York Mets. And Robert Gazelman also pitching well. So we'll get into that. We'll dive into that. And they're welcoming back a familiar face into their bullpen, which will ease the burden on plenty other players. We start quickly. Just wanted to touch on this. The Aaron Hernandez situation. We all know that he got acquitted just about a week or so ago. And there are some people around the situation that had said, this is the first step for him possibly being able to be reunited with his family. The man and the estate had plenty of money. It's not like he had, didn't have the, the, the necessary funds to get himself a good legal team. He definitely did. And there was a possibility that if he had just hung on, he maybe would have been able to get out and spend some time with his family and his daughter. Not that he should have for all the heinous, disgusting killings and murders and crimes that he committed. Some say what happened, it was just. And some say he was a coward for taking the easy way out. Not facing up and and doing the time for the crimes that he committed. It's hard for me to sit here here and and feel sympathetic for Aaron Hernandez. I feel sympathetic for his four-year-old daughter who never really got to know her dad, even though her dad... Seemed to be a monster. But I'm sure her mom will find another guy. And then there will be a more responsible man to help bring her up. And to be the dad that she needs in her life. The father figure that she needs in her life. So I sit here and it's hard for me to feel bad for Aaron Hernandez. Like I said. I feel bad for for his daughter. Because she never really got to know her dad. Her dad made some choices that really, they really weren't good ones. The choices that somebody who's in the right frame of mind probably doesn't make. And this isn't just something that just kind of came out of nowhere and happened with Darren Hernandez. This has kind of been going all the way back to his high school and his college days. Went to Florida. Urban Meyer had an idea that this kid was a little bit troubled. I don't know if he turned the other cheek, hasn't really come out and and, and talked about it. Or if he really tried to help this man, this young man, and Aaron Hernandez. So unfortunately, Aaron Hernandez, he was found on, I believe it was Wednesday. Hanging in his jail cell early in the morning, hung by his bed sheets. And he's passed away. He's passed away, and and now there's been a report that that I uh, 
I was just reading that I came across on my on my phone, and it says Aaron Hernandez, former lawyer, lawyer accusing Massachusetts chief medical examiner of illegally holding brain of ex. Patriots. So we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. And there's some kind of law. And I saw this on a friend's Facebook yes, uh, yesterday on, on, on Wednesday as well. There's some law in Massachusetts. And, and I, I don't know exactly. I, I've got to look it up because I don't know exactly the wording of it. But I'm going to look it up for you. And, and, and so we can kind of just get it out in the open. And, and it kind of maybe gives some reason as to maybe why Aaron Hernandez would do something like this because there's a lot of questions that are going on right now. And and there's another article from Yahoo that he had posted that says Aaron Hernandez exhibited the slightest change in his final days. Blowing looks like blowing a kiss to his his 4-year-old daughter. He betrayed everyone. He thought of only himself. And let's see if we can find the posting here by my friend. Uh, It was a really good... Here we go. It says, thanks to the Massachusetts law, Hernandez's suicide voids his conviction due to his appeal being in process and could prevent evidence established during the Lloyd murder, the Lloyd murder trial being used against his estate in criminal proceedings. If Hernandez knew this, and that's why he did what he did by killing himself, it's a very brilliant way, uh, and he probably believed he was sacrificing his own life in order for his daughter to keep any earnings that he that he had accumulated, of course, after paying the lawyer, the, the legal team, for doing what they do. So if that was his thought... I guess he was sacrificing himself so his her, his daughter and, and her mother could have a better life. But I digress. I'm not going to spend the entire time talking about Aaron Hernandez. We're just not going to do that here today on the program. And of course, you can you can always get in touch with me on Facebook at the Word with G, and on Instagram at the Word with G, and then on Twitter at glarn34 or our toll free telephone line. One two zero three four two six six one zero one. We're taking your calls, talking all things. If you want to touch early on the Aaron Hernandez stuff, we can do that. But I want to get a little bit more into the Mets and more specifically the Yankees, and we can touch a little bit on the NBA playoffs as well. Let's start with the New York Yankees from last night, and they get a nice victory as Tanaka he rolls. He pitches seven strong innings, scatters six hits, allows one walk, or excuse me, one run, two walks, and six strikeouts, throwing 96 pitches to get the victory over the White Sox, 9-1 to one last night, and it was the power, literally, by the Yankees in four home runs uh, just a day after they get almost blanketed and, and shut out by Miguel Gonzalez. They come back, and they turn it around, and they turn on the heat, and they do so against the White Sox to take this early season, oh, this early series against Chicago at home. Guys that had home runs, you look at uh, Chase Headley had a first inning home run. You look at Castro had a home run. Aaron Hicks had a home run and, and a pinch hitting uh, opportunity. Aaron Judge a huge home run as well. And and how about it? How good has 
has Aaron Judge been? I think he's he's playing a little bit better than some of us could have anticipated. Two for three last night, had two runs, had the big home run. He's batting 277 this year with a 360 on base percentage. That's not bad. I think if if you would ask Yankee fans who they thought was going to have a better season coming into this year, and, and you know, obviously based on spring training too between Judge and Greg Bird, Yankee fans probably would have told you Greg Bird that they had more faith in than Aaron Judge. But Aaron Judge has absolutely been a stabilizing force and a big power force in right field for the New York Yankees. He's done a very, very good job. And and how about Chase Headley, too? That's another guy I want to give a lot of credit to because he was brutal last year. Let's be honest. He was absolutely horrific. He was not defending well. He was not hitting well. And now the Yankees go out there and they trade for a, a guy like Glaybor Torres and the heat's on. And it's funny what competition can do to some people. And it's clearly effect- affecting Chase Headley. Maybe he's just fully healthy. Maybe he you know, recommitted himself and maybe he's feeling his seat get a little, little warm over there at third base. Batted second yesterday, went one for four with the home run. He's batting almost 400 with an on-base percentage of 500, playing some solid defense at third base. Starling Castro's gotten off to a hot start this year so far. He's batting 368. Had a hit and three RBIs last night. But Starling Castro did this last year. He came out uh, out of the gates hot, and then he kind of cooled down. So we'll see if Starling Castro, if he can sustain it a little bit, We'll we'll see about that. Austin Romine has come in and filled in well for Gary Sanchez. Hopefully he'll be back within the coming weeks. But I think the glaring need, obviously starting pitching. We know their bullpen is phenomenal, the New York Yankees. But I think the glaring need for the Yankees besides their starting pitching, obviously Tanaka's been good. CeCe Sabathia has actually been pretty good. Michael Pineda, uh, Luis Severino has been okay. They could use more stability there. And we'll see how the year progresses if CC can keep this up. Pineda, Pineda, as I should say, can keep this up. But the one glaring need, especially in the lineup that I look at this Yankee lineup and I and I see, is the middle of that order. You've got a guy in Matt Holiday who's on the downside of his career, DHing for you, which is probably a good thing that he doesn't have to expend any energy out in the field. He can just kind of get in there and hit. But at this stage of his career... He's not your prototypical number three hitter. Not by a long shot. He shouldn't be. He should be a guy who can, you know, doesn't have to, isn't relied on heavily. He should be down in the order a little bit. Maybe five, six, seven. If you have a good team with a deep lineup, that's where you want a Matt Holiday to be. And Jacoby Ellsbury, also not that prototypical number four hitter. I would almost like to see them switched. I'd almost like to see Ellsbury, who's hitting 302 over 300 so far this year, hitting third, and Matt Holiday batting fourth. I mean, to me, that makes a little bit more sense. Matt Holiday, more of the, the, the power bat than a Jacoby Ellsbury is, although Jacoby Ellsbury's left-handed swing plays well in Yankee Stadium. We do know that with the short porch out in right field. But that's you know that's kind of what I would like to see. I'd like to see them kind of flip-flop maybe that. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, you're missing a big bat in Gary Sanchez. He's not in the lineup, so it's not exactly the way you'd like to see it. I think they had Gary Sanchez batting second in the order. Uh, You definitely don't want Chase Headley in the three or the four spot. So for what the Yankees have, 
Holiday and Ellsbury probably your 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 only fits to hit in that those spots. Aaron Judge a little young to be hitting in the in, but I I see him as a potential four or five hitter in that Yankee lineup in the years to come. Maybe not this year, but in the years to come with the, the raw power that he has, the Gene Carlo Stanton type power that he has. That's the one glaring need I see for the New York Yankees right now. But can you complain? They're playing good baseball right now. They are simply playing good baseball. And, you know, after a one and four start, they are, you know, they're right on track. Ten and five. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't complain. You know, the the competition hasn't been great, but it hasn't been terrible. And they're winning games that you know that they should win. Beating up on teams like the White Sox. That's what they need to do. They've got off uh today. They'll be back at it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday for a weekend series. They'll be traveling to Pittsburgh, a little interleague play early here for the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. Uh, and of course, Starlin Marte won't be available for that series as he's out for the next 80 games. And if the Pirates do happen to make the playoffs, he'll be out for them as well. And now over to the New York Metropolitans. And finally, 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 we get a good game out of Robert Gazelman. We've been waiting for it. We saw a lot of good things out of Gazelman last year. Especially late in the season. But he's a little inconsistent so far this year. Little little, little bit inconsistent. And, and he'd been getting beat up a little bit. So it was it was a welcome sight to see Robert Zellman go out there and pitch well for the New York Metropolitans. And how about Jay Bruce carrying the offense on his shoulders? Don't tell Jay Bruce can't perform in New York City. I really like the approach Jay Bruce is, is taking you know, right from day one this 2017 season. I think he was a little bit of a fish out of water last season, but this season he's come in and, you know, honestly, he's he's played very, very well. And he hasn't seemed like this the spotlight's affecting him all that much. He's just going out there and playing his game. Yeah, we know he's not going to hit for a great average all year long, but... We know he can have some. He can hit and he can hit with power, mostly to the right, to the right side. You know, basically all his power just comes from you know, basically dropping the bad head, bad head, and turning and lifting the baseball. And he did that twice for a break three-run homer to give the Mets the the lead initially after after they were down two nothing, a big three-run bomb. And then after the Phillies had come back and tied it, Bruce goes out there, hits a two-run dinger. Gives the Mets a 5-4 lead, which they're 5-3 lead, which they would need because Addison Reed gave up a run in the ninth inning. And that seems like it'll be his last day closing because Jerry's Familia is set to rejoin the team today on Thursday. Here, April 20th, 420. For you potheads and you stoners out there, you're having a great day. Uh, I'm sure you're, you're enjoying it. It's beautiful weather here in New York City. Uh, I think nicer than some people anticipated. It was supposed to rain, but... It looks like it's holding off, and the sun is actually peeking through. So I know you all are excited and enjoying that. But yeah, Jay Bruce was one of the stories here. And, and you know, Gazelman, seven strong innings like we, we had mentioned. But there's something that we need to kind of discuss and talk about here is that. And this has been one of the big topics of conversation, obviously, to begin this season. Jose Reyes. And I'm of the new age type of 
type of way of following players and, and, and checking in on them and seeing what's going on and kind of getting my insight. And I, I, I follow Jose Reyes on Instagram and I, I can tell you in the off season, I, I would see his Instagram story. He was working out just about every single day. It seemed he was posting videos and, and pictures from, from the gym and working hard. And I mean, it, for all accounts, he looks like he's in great shape for this 2017 season. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. But baseball's a funny game because you look at guys like a CC Sabathia, a Mo Vaughn, a David Ortiz, a Pablo Sandoval, a David Wells from back in the day. You don't have to be in great shape. You don't have to look like you're in great shape, at least, to perform well in baseball. You could be out of shape. You can look, not look like you're in shape and be good at baseball. You can look at a Joe Schmo, a guy like Jacob DeGrom, who's all arms and legs and you know tall and lanky, tall drink of water. Or, or you look at a guy like like the Upton brothers, uh, specifically B.J. Upton, or Melvin Upton Jr. as he likes to call himself now. But he was he he's he was you know one of the guys I point to when you have that good body nonsense argument about baseball players. That dude is in crazy good shape. Not a great player anymore. Can't really hit. And Jose Reyes, I think for him it's not physical. I think it's mental right now. And we know baseball is one of the mentally the most mentally tough games out there professional sports out there you have to battle with yourself you have to battle through struggles it's the most individual individualized team sport there is it's those little battles and even when things weren't going well at the plate he was still playing okay in the field but now things are starting to slip a little bit in the field not making crisp throws from third base Obviously dropping the pop-up in game one on Wednesday against the Philadelphia Phillies, or Tuesday, I should say, against the Philadelphia Phillies that proverbial, proverbially cost them that game, possibly. I mean, can't say that for certain, but it did extend the inning, and the Phillies got the lead from there, and, you know, you know they got the they tied the game and then, you know, got the lead in extra innings. But Jose Reyes just does not look great. And I wrote an article about this for Double G Sports last week. Obviously, Jose Reyes got a little something going on outside of baseball where he's got one of his ex, ex-girlfriends asking for more child support money and, and, and saying that, you know, basically he abandoned her and their kid, ex-mistress, after he's already gotten married. So he's had some problems off the field and, and Jose's going to have to deal with that because especially when you're playing in New York City, the lights shine very, very bright. And David Wright, he's resumed baseball activities. Did that on Wednesday, so we'll see how he kind of progresses. And there's been some reports that the Blue Jays, I think I just saw that the Blue Jays may consider dealing Josh Donaldson. And if you can, if you're Sandy Aldridge and you can go out and get, get a bat like Josh Donaldson to pair with Yohan Cespedes, Jay Bruce, that would be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, I got that from 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 Mets blog. We're on Mets blog, and, and they say the two guys that make the most sense for the New York Mets: Todd Frazier, Mike Mustakis, who both have strong uh, both have strong track records, are set to be free agents at the end of the season, so the Mets can kind of keep their options open. And I'm sure Donaldson is kind of a pipe dream. Those would probably be more sensible options because, like we said, the Mets are going to get a lot of money off their off their plate at the end of this year. 
So maybe you can go out and you could sign, uh, you know, somebody else. And you got those young kids that are knocking on the door ready to come up. But, but man, Josh Donaldson, you look at that, that would be absolutely phenomenal if the Mets could kind of get somebody like a Josh Donaldson in here. Anyways, we are going to take a break, but we'll do the Yankees. We'll do Mets talk, and uh, we'll get into the NBA also. How about Russell Westbrook recording the highest point total in a triple-double postseason game in NBA history? but tried to do a little bit too much and missed 14 shots in the fourth quarter in their 115-112 loss to the Rockets. And they let one slip away on the road, and I think that's going to cost them dearly as this series goes on. We have more games coming up tonight, and uh, we'll talk about all the games that happened last night as well. So we'll do that all with you next. Again, if you'd like to get uh, get aboard, you can always tweet at me, at glauren34, comment, Anywhere on Instagram or Facebook at the word with G on both. And of course, if you're not shy, you can get you can get at me with the phone lines. 1203-426-6101. This is the word with G. We'll be right back. 